2: Welcome to The World in 10, the biggest stories from around the globe, every day in 10 minutes.
1: I'm Laura Cook. And I'm Rebecca Myers. Today we'll be hearing some major developments from Israel. Our cheers you can hear from Egypt's Rafa crossing point with the Israeli border As aid trucks were finally able to get into Gaza We've been watching live footage of the trucks making it into Gaza over this morning As Egypt finally opened its border Now it follows
2: international pressure Including visits from US President Joe Biden And UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak to Israel It's the only route into Gaza not
1: controlled by Israel Who imposed a blockade two weeks ago About 20 trucks made it across the border on Saturday morning, carrying medicine, supplies and food, all of which is desperately needed.
2: Now, whilst this is a huge moment for those trapped inside Gaza, aid workers like Ahmed Bayram from the Norwegian Refugee Council in the Middle East says much more is needed.
1: These trucks are destined for uh, southern Gaza uh, because there has been no agreement on moving uh, aid into northern Gaza, which is the hardest hit so far in this conflict. Uh, hopefully, hopefully this will be a breakthrough for more to come. Mm. 20 is uh, nowhere near enough. It's better than no aid. However, it's, it's uh, way less than what Gaza need. I think we have some issues that we have raised and we continue to raise until this becomes a better organized and more consistent um, uh, operation in terms of bringing aid into Gaza. What we need to see now is a guarantee for these trucks to move around southern Gaza or wherever they are going safely. In another important development this morning, Hamas released two hostages, a mother and daughter who held American passports. Judith Ranan and her 17-year-old daughter Natalie were captured two weeks ago. Both have now left Gaza and are with the Israeli military.
2: Al Qassam, Hamas's military wing, say they were released for humanitarian reasons and to prove to the American people and the world that President Biden's claims about the group are false and baseless. Our Times correspondent in Tel Aviv, Richard Spencer, told us there are other reasons for the releases too.
0: I think, as they said, it's a gesture of goodwill uh, in an attempt to, you know, maybe stave off the imminent disaster it faces with Israel going into Gaza and rooting it out and destroying it. And I you know one way of holding that off would be to you know organise a trickle release of these hostages a couple at a time, and mm. that would um, stave things off while they try to work out a way of defending themselves.
1: And Richard has also written a piece we wanted to flag, which is on the website now about an extraordinary act of heroism, a cancer patient who threw himself onto a Hamas grenade to protect others after the festival attack a couple of weeks ago. He survived the blast. He's recovering in hospital where he's spoken to Richard and where he credits his good luck with eating a lot of vegetables and his good recovery. It's a really heartwarming story of bravery amid some very distressing news, of course. So um, you can read it on the website now.
2: Some sad news as we were just getting ready to record this podcast, Rebecca, wasn't it? One of the most important and famous
1: footballers of all time, Sir Bobby Charlton has died at the age of 86. Yes, absolutely. I mean, his achievements in the sport are legendary. Um, He won three First Division titles at Manchester United, the European Cup, the World Cup with England in 1966, the most famous of all, of course, and a raft of personal accolades, including the Ballon d'Or.
2: Alex Dibble takes a look back at his life and career. It's easy to forget Bobby Charlton was just 20 years old when the plane carrying him and his Manchester United teammates crashed in Munich. As he told ITV's This Is Your Life, it was just luck that he survived.
0: Dennis Violet and I, I won't say that we decided, we, we sat down with our backs to the front of the aircraft, you know, and that, that really is what, what saved me.
2: After the tragedy, Bobby Charlton helped rebuild Manchester United. He played 758 games for the club and won the Ballon d'Or in 1966, the same year he helped England to World Cup glory. Off the pitch, he was a gentleman and on it, a phenomenon. He was sadly diagnosed with dementia three years ago. His old teammate George Best has described how Sir Bobby's character always shone through.
0: Bob was such a gentleman, and a great sportsman, and he hardly ever loses his temper with anyone. And I thought, well, if he can lose his temper with me, I must be doing something wrong. And I think he's helped to make me a less selfish player.
1: You can read the obituary on The Times' website now.
0: Follow me. OK, so we're launching in Whole Foods Market this month, like every store, which is such a huge moment. So I came in to make sure that the rosé looks good for the people, because I know the people want the Aveline in Whole Foods Market.
2: Hollywood star Cameron Diaz there in her 2021 commercial for her wine, Aveline. She is one of a handful of celebrities, including Brad Pitt and George Clooney, who ventured into the wine industry, either making it or perhaps just slapping
1: their name on a
2: label. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> it has really caused a ping wine boom. Um rose now drunk all year round I think by lots of people, but life in the industry isn't all rose. Oh dear Ugh. me.
2: Literally over five hundred producers of Cote de Provence Rose in France were told this summer that the amount of wine they could sell was being cut by 10% because of a surplus. Who would have thought it? Winemakers were given the bad news just as they were harvesting. Now,
1: Peter Conradi has written about the problem for the Sunday Times. Yes, and Peter talks to a small family-run winery in Provence who would be making... 30,000 fewer bottles this year because of the restrictions and taking a serious profit hit, I think, as a result. And the winery's owner has actually started a petition against the move, with more than 200 of the region's growers signing it.
2: It has raised the question are we at peak rose? I certainly hope not. Oh, <laughs> me too. <laughs>
1: pretty used to weird place names for towns and villages. Cockermouth, Upper Slaughter, Puddle Town and Barton in the Beans are all charming English country places you can pop to on your country walk this Sunday lunchtime.
2: Now, they might be mad, but they are all quite a bit better than some Russian villages. Now, I can't believe I'm going to say these names on the World in Ted podcast. They translate some of them as boozy, loser, dumpster,
1: farty and bums. (laughs) school children laughing there. (laughs) There is a glimmer of hope for the residents of these unusual places. MPs in the state Duba, which is Russia's lower house of parliament, proposing legislation that would allow the authorities in those villages with the insulting names to gain the right to rename them. With
2: Russian law demanding that every citizen must have their place of residence stamped on their domestic passport, MPs are claiming that young people living in these towns have left not wanting their names stamped on their children children's official documents who can
1: blame them (laughs) indeed but the head of administration in shalava which i won't actually translate live on air i think (laughs) one of the villagers said the residents don't really care about that and actually they would rather just have better infrastructure and more pharmacies quite right too. fair enough
2: Tomorrow on The World in 10, we'll be following the story of a South Korean pastor who's helped over a 1,000 people defect from the north, as well as hearing from those who have defected.
0: The date we left North Korea was, the, like, Korean thank- Thanksgiving.
2: Mm.
0: So we have to pretend going to the mountain. You know, normally this is Korean culture. The thank- yeah. Korean Thanksgiving Day, you go to the mountain, pay a visit to our ancestor, and then we just ran away. Mm. Even that time, my kids didn't know, even, mm. even beside, we didn't tell our neighbor. I even didn't tell my kid that we were going to escape because mm. this in more danger. Mm. So, so we just told them we're going to catch some more mushrooms in the, like mm. the other mountain. So that's why we defected. But, you know, obviously, when I was in North Korea, I did not know about outside world.
1: Mm. So I
0: thought if I just cross the border of China, I mean, North Korea, I thought I would be... I can get to Korea right away.
2: That's all we've got time for today. Thank you for listening. See you tomorrow.